This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, and it is week six already of college football. It is going too fast. It is presented by betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1, so you get a 50% welcome bonus if you're going to place some wagers on some college football. He is Matt Waldman. From the Rookie Scouting Portfolio, which is an unbelievable publication. A number of NFL teams subscribe to it. Highly encourage you to check it out. MattWaldmanRSP.com. www.MattWaldmanRSP.com. Or you can just make sure you're following Matt Waldman on Twitter. At Matt Waldman. Pretty clever name. We got Michigan State, Ohio State, Cal, Oregon, and a very interesting one in the SEC with LSU hosting Jordan Love and Utah State. Before I get into any of that, though, I want to make sure you all are aware that you can enroll in the Dos Equis College Football Football College where you can learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon, the guy who literally wrote the book on college football. Not only will you win every football argument this season, you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. Be the first in your family to earn a football-watching certificate from a beer school, enroll in Dos Equis College Football, football college at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis, keep it in Terrasante. Dos Equis beer brands, enjoy Dos Equis responsibly, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York, copyright 2019. Dos Equis beer brands, no purchase necessary, 50 U.S., DC 21 plus only enter by 12 2019 full rules available on doseckies.com slash e d u all right matt let's start with one of the key games in week six michigan state against ohio state it's a 7 30 p.m abc espn matchup Obviously, a bunch of talent for both teams. Ohio State is always loaded. Let's start with their receiver, K.J. Hill. Yeah, you know, he may not be one of the best receiver prospects in this class, but he's one of my early favorites of the group thus far that I've watched. I just like his suddenness in and out of breaks. He executes really flat breaks with the speed turns and hard breaks that work back to the quarterback on timing routes. And I also like that when he gets – 
into vertical routes. He can stack a defender, and he understands how to leverage that defender in terms of turning that defender's hips around. And he possesses that excellent hand-eye coordination to attack targets that aren't always thrown with pinpoint accuracy, especially in traffic. So I like his toughness to hold up against contact for a, for a smaller, quicker receiver. And he works back to the football and finds open windows. So he's a really target-friendly receiver. And that gives him potential in terms of his route skills and his catch radius to be either a slot player or a perimeter player. And I just love, he's a slippery open field guy, just needs to improve a little bit with some of his boundary work and then reading coverage. Um, But I think that he's going to have a nice career in the NFL. Now we've got some defensive guys for Michigan State, maybe a little under the radar, but they always have some good guys, especially on that side of the ball. The Ohio State defensive line with Chase Young is nasty. We've talked about him. How about the Michigan State defensive line, though? We'll start with the defensive tackle, Raekwon Williams. Yeah, Raekwon Williams, he's a, you know, he plays a one or a three technique, which is you know, either just shaded to the center or shaded to the guard in a, in a 4-3 defense. He has a powerful punch and quick hands. And what I really like about his game is for a big guy, he has pretty good short area lateral quickness. So he can reach that next gap over when defending the run. And he's good at um, makes him pretty good at running slants and tackle and twists, um, you know, in any type of game where they want to stunt a little bit or work some type of game. Um, and I think he had, even though he has that air, that short area quickness, it, it's a limited range for him. So that next gap over is about it. Um, you're not going to see him really pursue um, really strongly. He doesn't have a really great strong pursuit range, um, but He's, you know, he has a good, that good first step. And when his pads are low, he has strong enough hands that when his hands are accurate, he can get a solid bull rush. He can, he can, um, you know, basically disengage from guys and make the tackle. But he's a little boom bust right now because his pads can be usually a little too high. And so he's either controlling or getting controlled um, right away. So if he can work on that technique and get his, and, and get into a point where that he can win the lab leverage battle. Uh, I think there's some problems there for Raekwon Williams. Defensive end is probably a little bit more well-known, and that's Kenny. I don't even know how to pronounce Is it Kenny Wilkes? Uh, the defensive end from Michigan State. He's probably their most well-known prospect. It is. And, you know, he's a, he is a high-intensity guy, has good length. He has some explosive athletic ability. Um, in terms of his ability to get that first step off. He has good first step quickness and closing acceleration. So I think there's some compelling arguments about him becoming a starting defensive end. And I think really what makes his case compelling is that he has a strong understanding of leverage. He knows how to toss bigger players around the field. He's difficult to block in the run game because he has really quick and heavy hands. And that helps him stay clean from blockers and run through linemen. And he anchors and sets the edge well. So he's someone that when defenders try to push him, he can he can come to a stop and hold those guys up and then be able to disengage. Or he can get around that edge and set a point that forces the running back or the receiver, whoever's carrying the ball, back to the inside where it helps hopefully there. And he finds the ball well. So he's a smart, high-intensity player who has some technical skills that he can grow with. Just out of curiosity, Matt, how much work, if any, have you done on Brian Lewerke, Michigan State's quarterback? 
Not a ton just as of yet, you know. Um, uh, so he's not a guy that I could probably give you a great evaluation on right yet. It's interesting because he has been there, it seems like, forever now. And a couple of years ago, like three years ago, I thought he was really, really looked good. And I just don't know that he's gotten all that much better. I'm, I'm curious. You don't hear about him talked about as like a NFL prospect, but – Man, three years ago, I thought he was the best quarterback Michigan State had had in a while. So it's interesting. Let's move on to the Pac-12. You've got the Cal Bears off of that loss to Arizona State last Friday night. They're taking on the Oregon Ducks. And a guy that was featured a lot, by the way, it's an 8 o'clock game on Fox. A guy that was featured a lot on that broadcast last Friday night was Cal linebacker Evan Weaver. Yeah, and, and he's he's a fun player. You know, he can play inside or outside linebacker. He's a patient player. He sniffs out misdirection pretty well to find the ball carrier. Um, he's probably a better chase player than he is a downhill guy, but he still can take on blockers, disengage, cut off the runner in the crease. Um, very good at being able to time you know, the way to be able to avoid the lead blocker but cut off the, the ball carrier's path behind that lead blocker. I think he's pretty skilled at disrupting passing lanes as a zone defender, and he can run with a lot of tight ends, so that makes him valuable and, and versatile. And he has some sideline-to-sideline side range. I mean, he's not Ray Lewis, who is, but he's certainly a guy who I think can cover from sideline to sideline, and, and that's why he's probably a little bit of a better chase player. He has that accurate peanut Tillman punch on the ball, which we saw with Detroit and, um, you know, this past weekend against the Chiefs, being able to do, I think, four or five times in that game. Um, he's very good at being able to locate the ball, and he sheds linemen reasonably well. This is a, this is a smart linebacker with, who plays with intensity and intelligence. Got it. What about their cornerback, Cameron Bynum? Yeah, I really enjoyed watching him, Ross, because he's he's a resilient guy. And I remember watching him way back when he was a freshman against Ole Miss when they had a bunch of wide receiver prospects who were heading to the NFL. And I remember him getting beat by one of those current guys. I don't remember who it was. But after that, he didn't give up a target after that play. And that was as a freshman. And watching him over the years now, I mean, he has a great radi- catch radius in terms of – or even just – a ball radius, I would call it for a cornerback. He can make contact with the football while locked up in man coverage. He has good hands to catch the ball high or low, and he competes for the ball all the way to the ground, which is really important when you're playing man coverage against receivers locked up, you know, near the boundary on, uh, especially on 50, 50 throws, you know, rebounding type of target. So he's a, he's a really intense competitor and he plays all the way to the end of the whistle there. And he flows well from one receiver to the next when he's playing zone. So, you know, if you, you need him to pass off assignments to safeties or nickelbacks or linebackers and then take on another receiver in that zone, he's very good at doing that. Um, I like some of the, the, the savvier little moves when he's playing tight to players where he can kind of know when to hook that inside arm of the receiver to his frame and diminish that player's opportunity to attack the target without the official kind of seeing so he, he kind of knows the gray areas that are very important for receiver cornerback play. And he knows when to peel off his assignments so that he can cut off passing lanes to receivers that are running nearby and may need a, he can help out um, another player. And he's, he's just mentally tough. He recovers well in the route when he's turned around, maybe a little bit by a receiver. He doesn't lose his composure mid play. 
is a tough player. I, I really like Cameron Bynum. On the Oregon side, you've got linebacker Troy Dye. Yeah, uh, Ross, he's a top athlete. Very explosive burst and speed, good length. He's one of those guys that has an excellent range to chase sideline to sideline, and he's someone that's going to be able to cover some of those hybrid tight ends up the seam and, and do it reasonably well. Um, and he's a disruptive pass rusher off the edge or on run blitzes. Um, but he's kind of thin for a linebacker. He's a tall, thin guy, and he wins so much with quickness that he's often not as disciplined as he should be with run fits and gap responsibilities as a team defender. So there can be some boom bust to his game where he's trying to attack something using his, his speed and burst and abandoning you know, his role that can hurt the team in terms of the teams getting big games and um, big games at, at, due to his detriment. Um, and he's more of a chaser than what we'd call a thumper. He works, you know, he, he works through some blockers and, and closing the play downhill, but that's really not his strength as a run defender unless he's just getting through clean on blitzes and he's already at an advantageous spot. So it's going to be interesting because you look at his, his range and you think to yourself, could he play safety? Is he too big to be a safety? Is he not fast enough to be one? Um, but, you know, he's listed right now. He's, he's Oregon's linebacker and maybe the most heralded one, at least on their team right now. It's interesting. Uh, Oregon has a pretty good offensive line. A lot of veterans up there to keep an eye on. Guys that have been playing for a while. Um, we've talked about Justin Herbert in the past as well. Uh, really looking forward to your breakdown of the next game. It's Utah State versus LSU. Actually a terrific game for a noon game on SEC Network. And I'm very curious to hear your breakdown of Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. Yeah, he's a fun quarterback to watch. You know, this is a guy with a quick release and and he knows how to manipulate coverage with just some of his physical tools because he's a quick guy. He can run, but he also has a really strong pump fake. He can work the full field read. So he, he understands how to use those tools to manipulate defenders with a pump fake or a little bit of movement and then work to the opposite side of the field. And he has touch in the downfield passing game, Ross. There's moments of pinpoint passing while he's under pressure or while he's having to throw from different platforms. So that's very exciting from you know, a tool standpoint you know, when you're evaluating an NFL prospect of this position. And if he has to run, he's agile with cutback ability. And I love his comfort in tight pockets. He's, he's good at being able to climb or take a step or two economically to slide in a different direction or flush from the pocket and then reset and fire the ball accurately. And he does so up to about the intermediate range of the field, which is pretty good. And he, he needs to, you know, mechanically, he probably needs to drive off his front foot a little bit more when he has to play with some of those routes where he has to, to turn late, like the late out or late comeback where you have to open up to an opposite side of the field and he doesn't maximize his velocity because his footwork isn't quite there yet. Um, and he doesn't always reset his feet well when working from one progression to the next. That's something that Dak Prescott um, had to work on when he was entering, you know, he was at Mississippi state. Um Love doesn't identify or act on favorable leverage from the throw the ball against defenders. So he, he's not seen the advanced 
position of where corners are and making some of those advanced anticipation throws that top NFL guys usually do. Um, and he has to catch Intel from defenders a little bit better in the late pre-snap post-snap process. And that's another advanced thing where he can miss some of that Intel and make bad decisions in the red zone or on plays where the defense kind of tries to switch things up on him. And he, and like a lot of star quarterbacks, he'll take a little too much on as a playmaker and that leads to high-risk decisions that more often hurt his team than help it. And unfortunately, that com- he compounds that issue kind of like Josh Allen does, where he's too confident in his physical ability as a thrower, and he makes repeated mistakes of that type where he just tries to be the hero too often. You know, it's interesting because I had a chance to watch Jordan Love, Matt, when I was calling the Wake Forest Rice game because Utah State started the season playing against Wake Forest. And he makes some incredible throws. And they really talked him up. The Wake Forest coaches really talked him up about just how impressive he was with some of the throws that he made. And Dave Clawson, the Wake Forest coach, said he was one of the top five quarterbacks they ever played against. But he threw a couple picks in the game uh, that were not good picks, and he had another one that should have been picked. So uh, while I listened to them and I understand that they, they were impressed with him, I guess to me on some level, you know, actions speak louder than words. And, yeah, he's got a great arm, but I, I, I thought it was concerning that he was not able to uh, perform a little bit better. I mean, he made some great plays, but – Two interceptions, should have thrown a third. It was right to their linebacker, Jordan Sternad. I don't know, man. It was, a, it was interesting. What about their linebacker, David Woodward from Utah State? Yeah, and he had something like 24 tackles, I think, in that in that game you were just talking about. Um, he's quick enough with solid hands. I mean, he's someone that's going to avoid oncoming linemen. He can square up the ball carriers and, and finish the play. And once he gets his hands on you – um, he very rarely misses tackles. Um, he works past linemen fast enough so blockers don't get his hands on him, and he can set the edge or work around the edge against contact and meet up with the ball carrier. And he's a disruptive run blitzer. He attacks gaps hard, and he knows how to get skinny in those gaps and then reshape his frame so that he's in a good position to make the tackle. Um, he works well from one shoulder to the next when playing tight against a, a lineman or a blocker so that he can work from a uh, you know, in a, a place where he's not get, having good leverage to where he does have good leverage. And he's sudden in tight spaces. So when he sheds and attacks, um, it's it, it's very quick. And he diagnoses plays well, and that helps him get downhill fast. Um, and he's very decisive. And, and it allows him also to show patience on slower developing plays like perimeter runs where he's not going to just suddenly get in the gap and then get attacked by an oncoming lead blocker. He, he has a good feel for letting that blocker pass by or end up taking on someone else, and then he'll hit that gap at the optimal time. So he's a smart, instinctive player. Um, he just might be a little bit slow as a pursuer um, or as a chase player, but as a downhill guy, he's pretty darn good. Um, what about a guy that's kind of taking college football by storm right now? And I this is another one that I can't wait to get your eval on, and that is – LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, the Ohio State transfer. 
Yeah, and and it's funny, Ross, because as we talk about Jordan Love, the physical skills in the toolbox are really impressive, and I think coaches love that right off the right off the bat. But you you nailed it when you're talking about just the mental, emotional way of how you handle a game and how you perform in a game. That's something that where Love can be a little bit more of a concern with Joe Burrow. That's not a concern for me. That's a positive. He's one of those guys where when he makes a mistake, he figures out he he shows the ability to um, do something different and approach it differently the next time. But he also has the confidence on the next play to be able to just overcome it and still have to make a higher risk decision. He can still do it. He doesn't lose confidence in that way. So when you pair his plays together or look at his games as a whole, it's a real positive about his leadership and his confidence and confidence is so important when you're playing as a quarterback. He has that NFL caliber range and velocity with his arm. He's a good rhythm thrower who can also play off structure. So if if pressure disrupts the flow of his drop, he can he can work away from that pressure, still find the second or third receiver in a tight pocket and be able to do it on the move. And he manipulates safeties pretty well during his drop. He's someone who can open up his entire body in one direction during the early phase of his drop. And then when he sticks that foot in the ground at the end of the drop, he can turn to the opposite side and fire the ball to the open player, breaking in that zone behind that safety or linebacker. Um, I love how he handles pressure. As we talked about, he can get the ball off in rhythm. And he's confident in his accuracy when facing tight windows. He's not one of those guys that hesitates when all the information is there in the moment, he'll let that ball go. And that's an extremely important trait for quarterbacking, if you ask me. And he doesn't let those mistakes rattle him out of the um, ability to do that on the next play or the next series of plays. He, like Love, you know, some of those tougher throws to the boundary where you've got to work the late comeback or out, he's not getting top velocity on his throws for the same reasons as Love, where he's, he's just not getting his feet um, really where they need to be. And he can be a little too daring with tight zone windows, but I'd rather have a guy who's super aggressive and see if you can tamp that back a little bit than someone who's not aggressive enough. And it just because that's harder for the, that mentality to be drawn out of a player. Excellent stuff, as always, Matt. Love getting the breakdowns of both Jordan Love and Joe Burrow in a game a lot of NFL scouts will be watching to check out those two quarterbacks. Love the insight you provided. In fact, you gave me a couple tips that I might use over at betonline.ag with the promo code PODCAST1. Why not? You get a 50% five zero welcome bonus when you use the code PODCAST1 at betonline.ag. And as I tell you on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which, by the way, we did power rankings today, you also can get $100 put in your account. But you have to have an account at betonline.ag. You have to have used the promo code PODCAST1. And then when I win, you got to tweet at me or email me your betonline.ag account. So that's the uh, that's the process. That's the protocol, if you will. Other than that, check out the Fantasy Feast today. Joe Dolan, if you love college hoops, college football, I mean, you'll love Joe Dolan, the Fantasy Feast. Kegs kick, dudes. We're all uh, tapped out.
Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.